Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. If you're going through any of life's transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup book series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host and coach, Joyce Buford. Good morning. What a beautiful morning it is here, and I hope it's beautiful in your town, wherever you are. I wanted to share with you an experience that I had last weekend and welcome a new listening base that's joining us today. I was speaking at the Texas Association for Symphony Orchestras. Now, this organization was created for a support arm for orchestras, fundraising, uh, how to train fundraisers, in uh, different ways to raise funds, not only just through ticket sales and asking for money, but also in some of the balls and other things that they, functions that they have. All of this is the efforts that go into supporting a symphony orchestra. So they were here in Tyler, Texas, the state meeting, and I was one of the speakers. And I was wanted to extend a warm welcome to all of my new listeners today that you have decided to join us. So thank you very much for being here. Find your life rather than just react to life. You have the ability to design a new you in the upcoming days. And that's part of the reason for this show, is so that you can listen to these fabulous women that I have on this show. All of their experiences and their growth have come out of changes that they have gone through in their lives. So each each visitor brings us a story, her story, that can help you, I'm hoping, that is my dream, that I, their message can help you go through your transition. So before I bring on our guest, I want you to get your cup of coffee or hot tea, get into your favorite chair, sit back and relax, because we do have another dear person today, which I have known for four or five years. And we have been on our growth path together a little bit, but um, I want to welcome Sandra Elaine Scott, and I like that middle name, you know, Sandra, that's (laughs) my middle name too, and I'm happy to share it with you. (laughs) But Sandra is a very interesting and distinguished lady in that, Sandra, I was very interested, you know, we we work together, but we sometimes don't always go into each other's history until the opportunity provides it like it did this morning. And you have an extensive background in nonprofit. 
which I do as well. Mm-hmm. So I was really drawn to that. You know, I, I, my heart goes out to all of those nonprofit people out there doing good for their community. So I welcome you today. I'm delighted that you are with us. Why, thank you so much, Joyce, and thank you for having me. And I love and I'm just delighted to chat with you today. Yes. Well, you are also a transformational speaker, a corporate trainer, and a life coach. And that's where we met each other during our training as uh, coaches. So I'm very curious to know how it was that you went through your transition. Because if you have such an extensive background with nonprofit, how did you get into your present day life? Sure. It was really interesting. You know, you, I often tell people that we have plans. We make our plans, and then God has a plan for us. And yeah. it would be helpful if we actually listen to God when God has a plan. Yes. And while I was working, and I, I have rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. and it was starting to take a toll on me, but I still thought I could do it all and Mm -hmm. could continue doing everything and juggling all at once as women are often want to do. And eventually it caught up to me. I kept saying, you know, when I leave this career, I'm going to get into coaching and I'd like to coach because I was starting to coach a lot of people without any formal training, but it was something I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, I got laid off and Mm -hmm the rheumatoid arthritis got worse because, of course, stress exacerbates an illness, especially an autoimmune disease like that. And in that time of, you know, being distraught that I was laid off, saying, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And God helped present the new opportunity saying, you know what? You need (laughs) to slow down. Mm -hmm. And your life is to change and go in new directions. Mm -hmm. I must tell you, I went a little um, reluctantly because (laughs) I was like, well, I wanted to leave my job, but when I'm ready, you could have given me more warning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like six years. (laughs) Yes. You know, it was like, God, I will tell you when I'm ready for the next change. And I think so many of us, we often do that. We're like, we want the changes, but we want to micromanage God. And I I tell people all the time, I'm famous for trying to micromanage God. And another friend of mine will say, well, how's that working out for you today? (laughs) Yes. Yes, because the thought that uh, there might be a bigger, better, more exciting, more fulfilling us, inside of us. It's just not even in our present thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) We like think in our very restricted minds, we think, oh, well, maybe a little raise would be good. And here we have this big, wonderful future waiting out there for us. So, so you went through this transition. I know yeah. some of the things when you go through such a transition is job change, mm-hmm. which can be very harrowing. Um, just the unknown of, um, you know, what's out there for me? What am I supposed to do? Where it's am I scary. going? It's scary. Yeah. It's really scary right. to, to, you know, 
to make changes in our life can be such a daunting process. And mm-hmm. it's almost, you know, I, I thought about the other day that if we knew the path that God took for, was had for us in all the hills and valleys, mm-hmm. I don't think we'd ever get started. We'd just, we'd just sit on the starting line and just not want to move, you know? Well, so, so what was your real strength when you went through your transition? I can already surmise that it was probably your strong faith in God. But... My strong faith in God, and even at some of my lowest points of it, because it's not easy, and I, I would never want any of your listeners or anyone just to believe that, yeah, it's a, it's still trying to move into something new. But having that faith in God, saying, okay, obviously you have a plan, and you know, I argue with God. I actually would treat God as that friend, that parent that mm-hmm. I argue with all the time, and I still right. do, believe it or not. Yeah. And so I would say, well, obviously you know what you're doing, but I really wish you'd clue me in. And yeah. To, you know, well, but that so, was one of it. Okay, so with that faith in God, mm-hmm. you what did you start doing daily other than your faith. I mean, did you, I, I know you went to some of the classes. So I went to you... some of the classes and actually I was fortunate and that's where you and I met. Yeah. I was fortunate to be able to go to Jack Canfield's Breakthrough to Success, mm-hmm. which is affectionately known in the circle as BTS. Mm-hmm. And that's where we met. And it's based off of his book. And always wanted to to go to um, BTS and said, oh, I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. I will never have time for that. And while there and and really reading, you know, starting to do some of the transformational reading and connecting with others who were pursuing their passions and their dreams and looking for what was happening next in their lives and Mm -hmm. being surrounded by people who were all doing such extraordinary life changes and saying, hey, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday or where I was, but where do I want to go? That was a big um, life changer for me. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the taking that action to go to the workshop was probably a pretty big step. It was huge. It was yeah. it was it was really huge to 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 take to take the step and saying, okay, I I have the time off now. What am I going to do with it? And with that, being around others and surrounding yourself with others who are going through that change. Well, we are going to take a break now, and I when we come back, I know I want to hear what you learned from the workshop that then sure. propelled you on to the next step where you are you and I also journeyed together <laughs> <laughs> for a year or two. So anyway, we are talking to Sandra Elaine Scott today, who has gone through transition and has come out on the other side with a beautiful smile and a happy life. We'll be back. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break.
Welcome to The Quip with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances. The online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess to success journey has taken her from life as an upper middle class stay at home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness as she builds a thriving business while raising her healthy happy family every week on the quip miriam nicole shares her love life legal and lifestyle success secrets whether it's wisdom you're seeking inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success or you want to know how to fully align your faith family and finances to create more freedom for yourself you're an Excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com. And join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Good morning. We are visiting today with Sandra Elaine Scott a dear friend and fellow coach, and she's been sharing with us her journey from nonprofit to being released from her job and uh, also facing um, illnesses and how she decided through her faith to move forward and find her career. So, Sandra, we had um, uh, talked about meeting each other at Jack Canfield's work. Yes. So that week, which I know was awesome week for me as well, and mm-hmm. we, we actually began our friendship there. But what was your next move after that workshop? After that, and really interestingly enough, I had also, you know, I, I, I spoke earlier when we were talking about wanting to get into coaching. Mm-hmm. And was fortunate to hear um, Marsha Weeder of Dream University speak and embarked on getting certified as a coach. Because at, when I was in the nonprofit sector, I was often coaching staff and friends on job careers and working through problems and in in a forward fashion motion, which was just my way of being. And yeah. so I wanted to then have, you know, the certification behind it. And that when I, I, I laughed when I saw you there and that we continued our journey together in coaching, you know, going on the coaching journey together. So right. it was really enjoyable so to, to see you then as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we stayed with Marsha almost a year with yes. that training. 
uh, and all the different facets because she had several different uh, workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, now, out of that, and, you know, I, I find it very interesting that many of the people that go into coaching, before they even get that certification, they've already, life has already introduced them to that pattern of working with people, helping people, coaching people uh, without the hat. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, when I was still at work, when I was still working full time, I actually stalked the woman who actually became my very first coach. Mm -hmm. And I was hosting an event, and she had called to cancel to say she was not going to be able to come to the event. And every time she called to cancel, I would call her back and say, great, so I look forward to seeing you at the event. Mm -hmm. And she walked in to the event, and she said, I'm only here raising money for you because I knew I needed to meet you because you (laughs) were so insistent. The more I told you no, the more you just said, smiled on, she said you would laugh and smile and say, I'll see you at the event and thank you for raising money for us. Uh And she said, I had to come and meet you. And I said to her, well, actually, the truth is I wanted to meet you. I said, someday when I leave this job, you see how prophetic it is. I said, I want to become a coach. I remember her saying to me, what makes you think you'll be any good? And my staff members, yeah, she, she swears she didn't say it as harshly as I heard it. But I remember my staff saying, oh, my gosh, she's excellent. She coaches us already. So, again, it was preordained. Love it. I love it, love it, love it. Well, you know, in your, I have to mention this. This is kind of back when you were in your nonprofit. You uh, actually asked members of the Rockefeller family and the Vanderbilt families for money. Yes, I did. It was really cool. One of the jobs in my in my nonprofit career, I went around the country raising money, and I was a major gifts um, fundraiser. Yes. And at that time, and I would go into their home and sit down with them and ask them for a major gift. Yes, and it was really a lot of fun, and yeah. that was my first. Um, my first, the first time where I really started learning that if you want something, you ask for it. Yes. And uh-huh. that you ask for what you want. And <laughs> I remember where I would ask, like I would ask for money, and I'm saying, oh, my gosh, I should have asked for more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly when they say yes, we always wonder, would they have given more? <laughs> exactly. And I'm going, if they say yes too quickly, oh, I could have gone for the pie in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's fun memories. But now the when you ask if you're giving for people and their careers, do you mm-hmm. ask for more as well with that? Uh, wanting the most that you can for your clients uh, is always my dream. I know it is for you as well. But somewhere along the line, you decided that you would write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about that. How did that come up? Oh, my goodness. I got to tell you, you know, and in, in when you that was one of my dreams was one of my dreams was always to write a book. Mm. And the first book I wrote was about my mother called A Memory of a Saint, lessons for my mother I didn't pay attention to until she died. And mm-hmm. I have always I'm a voracious reader. 
So I always was a writer at heart. And I would all often read a book and, and say, oh, I would do this. I would change the ending. I would, <laughs> I would do it differently, you know. And sometimes I would be like, oh, man, that was so good until they got to the end, yeah. you know. And so that was always in the back of my mind to write. And when, uh, again, when I got laid off and was sick, I had the time to start writing. And yes. so I was writing a little bit, and when you and I had the experience at uh, B- uh, BTS, Breakthrough to Success, the Jack Canfield program, that mm-hmm. was one of my big goals, was oh. to be a writer. Okay. And that was, the, that was the main goal I had at that time. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting was before I went, I started writing and that was like, it was on my someday one day will be plan. Mm -hmm. And I had written a couple of chapters. I was a little less than halfway. And after leaving the program and leaving with additional tools, I, and just accountability and friendship of others who were working on their own goals, Mm-hmm. I left, and within ninety, what thirty, six, 30, sixty days, I mm-hmm. had the first rough draft of the book finished. Oh my goodness! Now, did you already know you wanted to write about your mother? Yes, at that point, I did know mm-hmm. that I I started because I, I at that point I believe she had been dead for several years, and I was still mourning her loss because it was really close to my mom. Mm-hmm. and always started thinking about all the advice she had given me and mm-hmm. remembering that. And people would call and remind me of something my mother had said, and I wow. wanted to just honor that piece yeah. about it. Yeah. It's such a beautiful tribute to your mother, um, you know, to be able to go back and write a book to her. You all were extremely close you know, mothers and daughters' relationships come in all different kinds oh my of goodness. colors. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> and it's so. so true. And, and writing that and being afforded the uh, opportunities to speak to mother and daughter groups around mm-hmm. that, because people say to me, well, you and your mom were really close. It doesn't mean we did not argue. In fact, we argued a lot. Mm-hmm. It was one of the things that I learned from that is that Mothers and daughters, it's such a it's such a dance, you know. It's the dance of womanhood. It is the mm. dance of friendship. It's it's often a very interesting dynamic. Did you now? Did you see that or appreciate it before your mother died? Oh gosh, no! Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh wow! I thought I was missing something here. <laughs> I would be I would be remiss to say that I would love to have wished to say that I that it happened. Yes. But it's 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 a joy to say that no. Um which is one of the reasons I, the subtitle which is as long as it is is the lessons I learned didn't pay attention to until she died because yes. even when I you know I was fortunate to be able to take care of my mother mm-hmm. in her later years. It, and when, as the roles reversed, it, it there was still, you know, that tug and um, push and pull, shall we say. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so your mother was gone about how many years before, when you decided to write this book? Well, actually, she may have been gone about five, maybe, maybe about five years, four uh-huh. or five years, when I started, you know, saying, well, I want to. And then it just sort of, um, yeah, maybe about five when I started started thinking about, hmm. And in the first couple of years, it was just too, too. It was, it was still too painful. Yes. And then after that, I said, you know, I, I, someone would call and and reminisce about a story, or mm-hmm. said, do you remember when? And it would make me chuckle, and and I'd start thinking about it in that way. Right. Well, I don't think there are many mother-daughter books out there, so it's a great opportunity to uh, share. And you also said you get you speak some on that as well. I do. I do. I and I love to. And and you know, I I think for me, what I learned besides the the, the major lessons I learned was that our mothers do the best they can with the information they have at the time. Yeah, And, you know, that especially for those of us who grew up where um, mothers didn't necessarily explain everything in, in detail before they did something. It's not as it is today where I call it the Oprah, gen- the Oprah mother generation where mothers are going to sit down and talk to you and, and reason with you. It didn't, for me, it did not happen like that. And so that must it, be the new generation. <laughs> All right, we are going to break here. Okay. <laughs> I swear that it has to be the new generation, <laughs> Sandy. Oh, but we will be back with Sandra, and we are going to talk about another book that she has written and how she's just continued to blossom every day. Back shortly. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. What does success mean to you? Money? Power? Fame? Having everything money can buy? Does it mean having a job or career that you love? A great family life? or simply to be happy. If you're still searching for answers, then join us each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Primetime Success Radio, where Alan Skidmore and his special guests will discuss health, finances, relationships, being in business, and how you can have a life that is not only successful, but a life of meaning. Alan has been studying success principles for over 25 years through reading, attending seminars, interviewing successful people, and a daily lesson from the School of Hard Knocks. And now he wants to share that information with you. So join Alan Skidmore on Primetime Success Radio every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the Rockstar Radio Network as he takes you on a journey of finding the heart of your success. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome. 
We are talking with Sandra Scott today, and she is telling us before the break about writing a book honoring her mother, and it was called In Memory of a Saint, Lessons from My Mother I Didn't Pay Attention to Until She Died. How (laughs) often that happens. (laughs) How (laughs) often. Tell us a few of those lessons that your mother shared with you. Sure. You know, my mother, it was really interesting because one of the things that I thought about when I was writing the book, the lessons weren't, um, it wasn't saying today this is the lesson you're going to learn, but I started piecing together some of what was happening, and I came up with the 10 life lessons that I really learned from her Mm -hmm. on on love and friendship that you know, that I was special. She was the first person to say, you know what, you are special. So getting that healthy self-esteem and learning mm-hmm. it from her, you know, she believed in giving back. So the charity, so that charity begins with you. You know, she was my, the first person, to, um, I, I said I should have been a fundraiser from the very day one because she had such a gift what I call the gift of persuasion and how to persuade others. Mm. My mother was a risk taker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the lessons, having a healthy faith in God. Mm-hmm. Knowing to, she, she just had a joy of living. She also taught me about dignity and respect and how to hold myself accountable to me as well as to others. And, you know. That's a good and, one. Yeah. And then the the last two, you know, fear not death. You you know, it's really interesting that um, I watched as she dealt with um, losing my father, and they were married for forty eight years. And I had a my one of my brothers who uh, died and losing a son, and how she you know how she dealt in in coping in death. And the last one was around legacy, leaving your mark in this world. So those were the major, the, what I call my 10 life lessons that I learned from her. Mm-hmm. And again, they weren't like, this is the lesson of the day, but just like on risk taking and just showing me how to ingest her way of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, pre- those are awesome lessons, you know, uh, risk taking is a major thing to pass on to your children to know it's an option as well as many of those I mean I can't remember all that you said uh, mm-hmm. but I do think you know certainly the faith uh, yeah. part and the dealing with death I just went to see an absolutely beautiful movie called Heaven is for Real. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was a book. It was a book. I read the book. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes you would as a reader. <laughs> I went to the movie and mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it and then took my mother back to see that as well because I just thought that it was just a beautiful movie. So mm. there you go. Plug for the movie. Plug for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is a good thing to realize that mothers do the best they can do with what they have at the time. So some of those, some of those memories that we have, which are we sometimes take as scars, mm-hmm. 
that we use as scars through our lives are really not meant to be scars, but are just, we're just doing the best we can at the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, and I love the way that you phrase that as the scars. Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, if there was a scar in the relationship. What I, one of the suggestions that I offer the people is that if, to heal that scar, and especially if, they're, if your mother is still alive, to have a conversation with her and ask her what she was thinking and, and, and actually listen without judgment and just mm-hmm. hear it from an adult point of view. Mm-hmm. And... If your mother differently, and, and also see it from her point of view, and try to rewrite it from both points of view. Right. Um, in revisiting <clears throat> some of my mother-daughter relationships, mm-hmm. I think the important thing is to factor in the pressures and the, the stresses that they were going through at the time that they were parenting whether it was like a single parent situation or they were the only really present parent many of the times. Mm -hmm. And if you can factor that in, you can many times understand that what the anger she might have expressed or the way that she handled the experience was almost just misdirected anger. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's so real. And they're human. And we forget. And it's so funny because you know, I titled the book In Memory of a Saint, but it was totally tongue-in-cheek, you know, <laughs> because my mother was no saint. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think and we somehow, you know, we elevate them to a sainthood that they really didn't have in life. Right. You know, yeah. but that she was human. And to yeah. hold that human factor, that that's why I really try to impart that message that they do the best they can with the information that they have at the time. Yeah, and they right. may have made some what we would term as difficult choices or choices we wish were a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that, that's still going to shape who we are as individuals today, and it's what we do with it. And um, as, right. as you and I learned doing the Jack Canfield work, it's the E plus R equals O. Event plus the response equals the outcome. So no matter what the event was, how we respond to it today will equal the outcome of what we want. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> the values. You refer to the values. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the old-fashioned that may have seemed old-fashioned or or, you know, or quaint in today's word. It might be like, oh, that's so quaint. It, mm-hmm. it, it was the glue that held us together and, and sort of shaped who I am. And it was interesting. I was on a flight the other day, and the flight attendant, I said, good morning. You know, I said, good morning. And I, we, we were talking, and she said, my goodness, you have such nice manners. And I thought, <laughs> When did saying good morning, good, good afternoon, or how are you become something that has to be really talked about? And it's, uh-huh. it's such a, it, those are some of the things that get lost along the way. They really do. Yeah. yeah. I've seen so many families that after the mother, the matriarch of the family, passes, that somehow the family disperses. 
it's almost like nobody picks up the torch and says, we will do this. We will continue this. Don't you see that? I do. I, I, I've seen it within um, my family and, and all the families. And I think as we start to get more spread out and mm-hmm. our world is just changing in such a way where that, that, you know, as you were saying earlier, the family dinners, everybody getting together for an Easter dinner or a Thanksgiving, and it was large, you know, you didn't care if the house was crowded right. and how many people were there. But mm-hmm. we've become so much more um, the smaller nuclear families and not the big extended families with the cousins and everybody mm. um, boisterously talking and, and right. making noise. So it, it's, it, it is sad that it, it, it gets lost that way. Right. Yeah, a little. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, now, now that was your first book. Yeah. So then you went <laughs> on to write another book, which you called... Manana starts today. Yes. (laughs) Affirmations to jumpstart your heart, mind, and soul. Well, right before we go to break, I think this is perfect because it's a jumpstart. Manana starts today. My mother often talked about that she lived with a bunch of Manana people, that we were always waiting for something. (laughs) You know, she'd ask us to do something, and we're we're like, we're going to get there. And she's like, I live with a bunch of Manana people. You all take too long. (laughs) I love that. <laughs> oh, so, and, yeah. I, but that, how many is in your family? In you my know. immediate family, there were four of us, um, oh, okay. you know, and I'm the, the, the youngest. Um, and, uh-huh. we, and yes, so in my very immediate, there were four. Mm-hmm. So, so you wanted four to write. siblings and then my, my two parents, I should say, so six. So. Yeah, right. So, manana is it a book of affirmations? It's a book of affirmations, and what that what what inspired me to write the the second book? Um, the first one was very personal, and again, it was about my mom. But people would ask me all the time, "My goodness, you're so cheerful, and you know you've gone through so much, and I can't believe how can you be so happy all the time? And what are things? Why are you like that?" And I thought of what I do, and they're like, they thought people would say sort of like I was a snake oil salesman, that I was just, I just say be happy. And I thought, what is it that I do? Mm -hmm. I choose to be happy, and Mm -hmm. I choose the way I want to be, and these are some of the affirmations that I came up with. And I thought about that they were parts of pieces of my heart, pieces of my soul, my faith. And, yeah, take action. So mm-hmm. that's where they came from. Well, the, then that book, yeah, you just launched it. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to come back from our break, and we're going to talk more about this new book okay. that was just released, and it's a great success, and we want everybody to know where to get it. Sure. Get both books, for sure, and uh, because they need those rules that their mothers give them so they can appreciate their mothers today because Mother's Day is coming up. It is. So (laughs) we are going to take a brief break now, and we will be back to talk about Sandra's second book, Affirmations to Jumpstart Your Heart, Mind, and Soul. So I can hardly wait to hear. We'll be back shortly. 
We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. Evermore, people have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central, on toginet.com. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. We are talking with Sandra Scott today, and she is the author of two books, in memory of a saint, lessons from my mother I didn't pay attention to until she died. And then Manana starts today, affirmations to jumpstart your heart, mind, and soul. Now, Sue, Sandra, did I call you, you Susan? You did, that's okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So sorry about you that. corrected it. <laughs> Sandra is good. I always like the Elaine because that's my middle name. So yes, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Sandra, now tell us for those who do are not familiar with affirmations, what is an affirmation? An affirmation is almost like a, a personal it's almost like a personal mantra. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of you know, and the way it is, it, it's you use it to and to sort of reprogram your mind. So it's like I today. So, the, for example, one of the the affirmations is today I smile, today mm. I breathe, and so you say it over and over, and it you it's all and you just continually say it, mm-hmm. and it starts to reprogram where you are, and it sort of grounds you and centers you, 
and gives you movement so you're saying on a on a personal space basis that way mm-hmm. now yeah. do you write affirmations do you create your own or in the book i what i did was there are 49 affirmations Mm-hmm. that are heart-centered, so some are what I call heart-centered, so today I smile. And mm. some are faith-centered or, you know, whether you call it God, the universe, the divine, the goddess. So today I fly on the wings of God, which happens to be one of my favorites. Or action-oriented, you know, mind-centered. Today I take action. You know, so yes, like oh, right. you have to do something, you know, give 49 examples. You're allowed to create your own. So one that might work for you that is not in the book. And so when, you know, as they re- reprogram the mind, they, you create a new way of being for yourself that's impactful and clear. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, uh, it, well, it is a positive statement that says what you, as if you are living that experience. Exactly. It is, a, it, it is in the positive. It should be stated as what, an act, what you are actively doing in the right now. Mm-hmm. So today I am at peace. And, and the, the reason it's manana starts today is not, I'm not worried about what happened what's going to happen tomorrow or what happened yesterday, but right now in this moment, mm-hmm. I am going to, I choose to be this way. Yeah. It's, those statements are very good about changing the subconscious. You know, most of us, very first affirmation we all learned was the little engine that could, mm. you know, as mm-hmm. children. And it was, mm-hmm. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And when you you know, we heard it in the story, but the more that you say, I think I can, I think I can, you eventually can do it because mm-hmm. you really have programmed yourself to believe it to be so. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Is, yeah. And the world is filled with so much negative of what, you know, what is wrong and what we can't do. Isn't mm-hmm. it better to tell yourself what you can do? Right. So that's where it comes from. Yeah. I, I always think about that statement Jack said, act as if. So even yes. if it may not be today where you are, what you're doing, or what you can, act as if you can, and it becomes a reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, your book just really sounds great. So how would somebody go about finding your book, buying My their book- copy? That's a great question. Both books are available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Oh, so they're both available from there. Now, they're both available from there. And also on uh, the new one is on the ManianaStartsToday.com website. Oh, it has its own website. It has its own website. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Now, you know, I haven't talked about this very much, but what? how did you write your book? Did you join a group to write the book? Did you just sit down and the words flowed? Uh, did you attend somebody to help you get it together? How did you do this? That's a good, that's an excellent question, Joyce. 
So when I started writing, especially with the very first book, I did belong to a writer's group, and I would suggest if anyone is interest, is is struggling with their writing to, you know, join a writer's group. And that was a lot of fun because I was able to at least share a chapter or share what I wrote and start to um, really talk about my work, that I am writing a book. And it, again, similar to with the affirmations, it was actively telling and having other people hold me accountable, I am writing a book. So yeah. today I write. So it was really a great place to, to do that. And you so have it's a to be group willing that to gets it. together and every week, everyone reads their chapters or... It, it was is, this one. The group I met. It was it was monthly, but everybody read a chapter, or okay. read, or if they had something to share, would read it, and we would make copies for others to mm. real that they could. Uh, we would read it aloud, and mm. make copies, and they would offer some suggestions um, along the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that has to be very helpful. That was really that was extremely helpful. And then as I, when I wrote, after I finished my rough draft, and um, I had, I did have uh, someone edit it for grammar, you know, one thing I would tell people is make sure outside of your family, get (laughs) some people to review your book before, you know, before you, before you send it out in the world. And I had several people who offered suggestions. Mm-hmm. on on the book and it helped to make the book stronger yeah 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 I, yeah you don't realize that your family re- understands everything we say because we've all been talking the same language Ex- the same exactly way. and they'll say or you know especially with the first book it's like oh yeah they it's like oh this is fine uh-huh. you know they'll just understand it so you want someone who can see it with an objective eye yes yeah I can yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I, after, I, I'd encourage people to do that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so after you were, it was proofread, then what happens? After I proofread it, I went this, uh, you know, I had, and, and it goes through several edits. You must edit, edit it down, keep editing your work. Mm-hmm. And then I went the self-publishing route and really work, you work to find someone who can work with you on the design of your book, how it's going to look, how, what, how it's going to shape and be, and then before you publish it. So you still want to make sure whatever you do, you want it to be the best representation of you. So mm-hmm. put it out there to be the best. My new book, I just have to say really quickly, the cover design, which is amazing, was a a local artist in my neighborhood who I happened to, she was a new woman who moved into the neighborhood, and I loved her purple doors. And (laughs) and I saw her doors, and we got to talking, and Uh she created the beautiful artistic cover for my new book. Which they can see on your website. Which they can see on my website. And what what is My website is visionyourdreams.com. And, but they can go directly to manianastartstoday.com. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, and I'm, I've heard that your Manana Starts Today is going very well, selling yes. very well. And so that would be a wonderful 
uh, gift for Mother's Day, which is coming up next weekend. So, Sandra, I want to say in the closing of our hour that I have loved every minute of being with you again. It's been very interesting and enlightening. We've talked about so many things. And um, I would just appreciate so much that you were able to give us this hour. So, thank you so much, Joyce. And, you know, one of the affirmations in the book is... Today I create magical moments, mm. and I just want magic to write moments. it down. <laughs> and I'll get my copy as well. Wonderful. Thank so, you. So, thank you, Sandra. Um, it's been so much fun, and I know that my mother is still with me. And next month, next. Uh, weekend next Sunday is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. I hope every one of our listeners, my listeners out there, will be with their mothers, talk to their mothers, share their love, and express what a gratitude it is to have them in their life. So I wish all of you a very, very happy Mother's Day. Remember, she's precious while you have her. And she's precious when you don't have her. So I wish you a very happy week. And thank you, Sandra, for being with us and reminding us of those moments. Thank you. Till we talk next week, I hope you have a glorious week full of great adventure and happy moments. Today, I create magical moments. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at the same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest. Second Wind.